2: Hi, Chris Malone from the 98.5 KTK Morning Show with your recap show, which is Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. I um, thought this was a pretty good one, especially over the weekend, did some barbecuing. And it is true. Some of the sauces we have, you know, the, the flavor is always in the sauce. But some of the sauces are a little too runny, too watery. And I don't know how to thicken them up so that they don't, when I pour them onto the food I want to eat, it doesn't end up in the plate. So I found three things that actually work pretty well to make sure that you're, that can kind of thicken up your runny sauce. Number one is to add some fat like butter. And here's the idea behind this. If you were to add uh, some butter to your favorite runny sauce, a uh, butter is uh, actually kind of a solid at around room temperature. So as your food cools down, that butter kind of clings on to whatever and um, your uh, sauce will will hang on there too. By the way, that's the um, secret to Hooters hot wings, and most hot wings, is the butter. Because you take the hot sauce, mix it in the butter, <clears throat> and it does that. It will actually cling to the, uh, the, to the chicken wings. So give that a shot. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another one is to use starch. Starch, believe it or not, is one of these, uh, it's a great uh, thickener that actually can uh, slow down watery sauces. Because when a uh, granule of, uh, of starch is exposed to hot water, it actually weakens and absorbs liquid. And then the granules swell, weakening even more, and uh, regions of the granule are going to be distributing the, stretch, uh, the starch molecules. And they're going to, in essence, hang on to that wonderful, delicious sauce that you have. And then the third one is, uh, if you're into cooking, you already know about reducing... And that's just basically boiling off moisture. That's also what you can do. It's crazy as it sounds, maybe taking one of those hot sauces that are kind of watery, putting it on the, uh, on the stove or in the microwave and heating it up a little bit to get some of the moisture out. That should thicken it up. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, a case to switch from a cotton pillowcase to one made of silk or satin. Two th- reasons. One of them, and this is actually documented Um, that uh, you actually get more wrinkles using a cotton pillowcase versus a satin or silk one. Why? Because cotton is great at absorbing water or moisture, like from your skin as you sleep. Yeah, that's what's happening there. And then also with the cotton is it kind of uh, creates kind of a matting uh, uh, conditions for your hair. As you toss and turn and you move around the little bit of friction, which is causing some static, and it's going to mess up your hair. So what happens in the morning? You get up, you look at your hair like, oh my gosh, what do I got to do here? And then you usually reach for some sort of heat uh, item to fix it like a cooler curler or your hair dryer or something like that and that can inadvertently damage your hair all of this can be remedied with a silk or a silken pillowcase number one uh, it will actually help you retain your body retain uh, moisture so therefore you won't have those little small wrinkles and lines on your face and then secondly it's slick enough that your hair as you turn it's not going to cause too much of a problem with it so maybe a case to uh, switch to that type of a pillowcase instead of the cotton one this one I thought was a pretty good thing because in the midst of me trying to be the best father that I can, I realized that there's it's an impossible task. My mother told me this too. She's like, there's no perfect parent. You kind of learn as you go. You make mistakes all the time. My mother would always tell me she'd make a mistake and she was sorry. And, and I've kind of employed that with my parenting as well that – you know, Papa isn't doesn't know everything, and sometimes Papa makes mistakes, and Papa apologizes, and I think that that kind of teaches your kids too that it's okay not to have all the answers all the time. But there's a lot of words that we use and phrases that we use that causes problems for our kids as they grow up, and um, a lot of it is just it's not malicious in nature. It's just that's what pops in our head. And sometimes, especially with kids learning about themselves, learning about emotions, learning how to deal with problem solving, um, it comes across the wrong way. One of them is to state that your child is shy. Yes, it's true. Your child is probably a chatter chatter in the car. The second you get out of the car and go in to, uh, to meet some friends, they clam up and you say, Oh, don't be shy. What that kind of does is kind of like if you tell somebody, hey, you know, don't do that. What's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to do it. And kind of along the same lines, what happens when you tell a child that they're shy, it actually kind of feeds into the phobia. makes them less, uh, because they're shy, because they're scared, they're uncomfortable. And by you telling them that they're shy, it makes them more uncomfortable, kind of feeds this whole thing. So it's maybe best just to kind of ignore it and just say, you know, okay, well, um, you know, We'll talk, we'll, we'll try and talk again a little bit later or something along those lines. This one was pretty interesting as well. Um, forcing your child to share makes sense to us adults because we're trying to instill a life lesson with them that, you know, it's nice to sharing is caring, as my son says. Um, but in reality, what you're doing is you're forcing your child to share. It's going to make them more resentful and less likely to share on their own. It denies them the opportunity to develop real-world social maturity and often convinces kids that the only way to determine fairness is to get a grown-up involved. And that's when you're constantly being bothered with, Papa, Mama Sedona is not sharing. You know, that whiny type voice type thing? Yeah, you're kind of feeding into that, and that's what you really don't want to do. So, uh, you know, let them learn to share on their own. That's basically what this article is talking about.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional.
1: Odyssey app thanks to republic records this is a national contest
2: another toxic message that i agree with and we repeat constantly is complimenting little girls for their appearance oh you look gorgeous oh you're so pretty you're so beautiful it doesn't mean anything malicious we're actually saying hey you are very gorgeous and you're very pretty you should be proud of that but the problem is is that kind of pushes this body image in their head that the dress that they're wearing, or their hairstyle that they have, or uh, you know things like that, or, or their their weight or their appearance, that can bleed into problems. And we do know that girls and women have body issue problems stemming from being little girls. And so it's kind of a cool way. This article talks about tweaking that message where you're still able to compliment them, but it's not focusing on a general consensus of what beauty is. So, for instance, in saying instead of saying "Oh, you look so pretty today," try saying wow, I love those sequins on your dress. It's gorgeous. Or say, wow, that sweater you're wearing looks so cozy. I'd like to borrow it one day. Or those are the coolest shoes I've ever seen. Awesome. The whole idea is that it's not doing a particular broad picture of what beauty is. You're actually kind of speaking at their level about the choices that they make that are pretty in your eyes. Another one that kind of goes along the lines of a stigma is calling your child a crybaby, especially in boys. This is a big problem because we were taught, I was taught as a little boy, that big boys don't cry. You don't whine. You buck up. You, 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 you're tough. Arr, stuff like that. And reality, that's not necessarily true, at least in my own opinion. Again, this is my own opinion. But we, you know, boys and, and men have tear ducts just like girls. Boys are meant to cry just like girls. Boys have emotion just like girls. But it's okay for a girl to do that and not okay for a boy. That's crazy, and that causes problems. So instead of a child crying to get emotion out because they're not understanding why they can't get a cookie or why they're crying because they're tired and they just they don't have to express that because you know heaven forbid they take a nap, um, they will cry. And if you tell them that that's a bad thing that that shows that they're less masculine or, or or less adult, that means that that emotion has to come out in other ways: drinking, eating, being physically abusive, hitting walls. Uh, j- engaging in, in dangerous behavior. Those are all things as simple as, that, or as complicated as that sounds, coming down to the simplicity of telling a child that they're a crybaby. Makes sense to me. Worth at least talking here. And then finally, probably the biggest faux pas we give to our kids, both boys and girls, is to say, when we go to the doctor or get a medical procedure, it's not going to hurt. That's a bold-faced lie. <laughs> you don't want to be considered a liar, do you? Um, tell them in a de- developmentally appropriate language when they go to the doctor what to expect, what it will feel like, how long it will last, why is it necessary, and most importantly, that it's okay to be afraid. It's okay. Daddy's here. Papa's here. Mama's here. We're, we're here to help you. And it's okay to cry. Let that emotion out. You f- You know, you think about this. Anytime you cry, you feel a little bit better, don't you? Worth a shot. Ah, uh, this one. Speaking of waterworks, when you go to the produce section of the uh, some stores, have you noticed that there is, um, in the produce aisle, they have little nozzles that sometimes spray water and even some sound effects that sound like a thunderstorm? And you're thinking, wow, this is fresh. Because, you know, you see lettuce on TV. It's, got, it's glistening with water because it's so fresh. It just was picked, I think. Well, that's not necessarily true. Well, psychologically, grocers will do this to uh, f- provide that the water itself, presuming uh, that, it's, that the water is fresh, that the water makes it look gleamingly fresh or whatever. That's the psychology you and I have as a consumer. However, many grocery stores have stopped using this practice because it leads to microorganisms thriving on an overactive rain sensor and therefore not only ruins the produce, but actually can cause uh, foodborne illnesses to you and I if we don't properly clean them. You don't want to deal with that. But probably the most devilish reason they've done this historically is that water adds weight to your produce. How do we buy produce? It's by weight. So in essence, they're adding water weight to charge you more money. Upwards of 25% more weight is added because of that water. So maybe worth giving a shake once or two or twice to get rid of that water. Um, and even though it has water on it, you still should wash it when you get home. And then finally, uh, wasps. We talked about this here because a lot of times we get a little concerned about having wasps in our backyard. We're afraid that they're going to sting us or the kids or the dogs. Um, and in reality, they're really good pollinators, which we give a lot of bee credit to the bees and focus on the bees, but uh, they pollinate just as well. And wasps, actually, if you have a garden, are going to be one of your best buds because... You know, the caterpillars and flies and crickets and beetles that eat your produce in uh, garden? Guess who eats them? The wasp. So unless the wasp nest is near somewhere the kids are playing or near an entrance, it's probably not a bad idea just to kind of let it be and uh, let it hang out there. And generally, like with bees and any other stinging insect, they're only going to attack you or sting you when they feel threatened. Sometimes it's accidental, but most of the time, if we're aware that there's a wasp nest in the backyard, we're going to be extra cautious. So there's the show for today. Yay. Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. I'm Chris Malone. Thank you so much for listening to the show and listening to the uh, recap here. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, I always welcome them. You can email me at the letter C, M-A-L-O-N-E, at odyssey.com. And Odyssey is spelled A-U-D-A-C-Y. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
0: Whether you love true crime or comedy,